Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. Hey everybody, this is James and Marco and Abil, and this is the Movie Pals podcast, podcast number 22. Today we're going to be going over what we've been watching, a topic by Marco where we go over some Marvel Phase 4 predictions, followed uh, by our review of Avengers Infinity War. Hey, what you watching? Son of Bill, what you watching? Oh, well... You know, it's been a busy week, uh, so I haven't been able to get a lot of good things in. It's an excuse every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, I watch kind of the same things a lot. So There's a lot of seasons. So it's been a busy month for you. It's, April sucks, yeah. I have to tell you, except for the Avengers. I feel like this is the good way to end the month. And tax returns. It's true. That's yeah. true. No, that's true, too. Um, but I did watch a few things that I hadn't gotten a chance to see in a while. Um, I, I got the chance to see Despicable Me 3. Uh, that's it. Came out in 2017 with uh, Steve Carell. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah, um, like, that's the worst one. Apparently, I know why I never got around to seeing it. So apparently, Gru, uh, which is Steve Carell's character, ends up going into the anti-villain league um, to kind of fight villains. Essentially, uh, gets fired and meets. Finds out he has a second. Uh, he has a brother, a twin brother, um, who wants to be a, a villain as well. And so they go, they try to do some villainary things and hilarity supposedly ensues. And supposedly. Supposedly. Because that's the whole, <laughs> that's literally the plot. Um, there's no real side story. They do something with the minions going to jail for a little bit, which is kind of funny. Um, but, and then they try to do a little bit of development with the kids, um, which is like one about the, one of the daughters trying to find a unicorn and another daughter supposedly getting married. And they dress both as an issue really quickly and then resolve it just as quickly this sounds batshit crazy by the way it, this one is like probably the only one that i didn't well not the only one this is like the worst one out of the series to me so i think it's aimed like squarely toward kids this one for the record i've never seen a single despicable me first movie. two really? first minions. two are really good but the other ones, Minions and Despicable Me 3, they definitely have like lost the magic, I guess. Yeah, they didn't really develop anything. This this could have easily been like one of those kind of just TV movie shorts that they do. Direct um, to Netflix. Yeah, exactly. And it would have been fine. Um, they it's, Compared to the other two where there was just a lot more development of the characters and you really did care what was going on, there was a little bit more emotion in it. This is just, you know, jokes and funny. And yeah, I mean, it's it's cute, especially if you're a kid to watch it, but it's, it doesn't add the same kind of a diversity of like the wider audience yeah. um, as the other two films did. So it was a little disappointing in that way. Um, I will say, though, compared to watching the Minions movie and then watching the little Minions in this, I do prefer a little dose of Minions and not as much as we got when we saw the Minions movie. So um, that was the only big plus on that. It's it's meant to be uh, an automatic babysitter. Like, you know, you put in the background, distract the kids. Basically, you know, yeah. thing. Pipe down. Could have been so much more. Yeah. It really <laughs> could have been. I was like, they're capping off the trilogy. What happened? They're, ca- they're catering to parents' needs, man. I guess. I fell asleep watching this one. So. Did you really? Yep. Oh, wow. I knocked out for like 20 minutes. Woke up. Didn't miss a thing. <laughs> He's like, oh, we're still <laughs> in the same spot. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay. You just roll from here, I guess. Uh, the other show I watched uh, was as a Netflix miniseries uh, called Collateral. No, not the Tom Cruise, Jamie Foxx film. Damn it. <laughs> no, that's, that's no, all, uh, no Hitman. No, that's no all Hitman. I think about. Yeah, nothing like that. No one's sitting in the back seat of a taxi cab holding a gun to the cab driver's head? Definitely not. Oh, yeah, okay. It's not as thrilling as that. Um, it's very British, very slow. Uh, you have to pay attention to everything that's happening or you will <laughs> miss the plot. <laughs> Sounds like a movie I definitely want to watch. <laughs> or a show, sorry. Yeah, it's, it's a miniseries, but British miniseries are essentially like little snippets of movies. Yeah. Um, so it's four episodes. Um, it's about it starts Carrie Mulligan, which is what drew me, drew me to it, um, and it's uh, about a London detective who's Carrie Mulligan. She's investigating uh, what seems to be a random uh, murder of a pizza delivery guy, um, <laughs> and finds out that it's 
really more intense than anything. It's oh, about sorry. racism. I know it's really weird. The 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 pizza delivery guy is a Muslim and he gets shot down, and so they talk about Islam and racism in the country. Okay, now okay, it's not, this, now it's not yeah, as funny. So but I mean, when you first said the pizza delivery yeah, guy gets it just seems very weird. Like, he just gets killed. I'm gonna tell you right now, the most exciting part of this show was the first like 20 minutes where the pizza guy gets killed. You're not really so. It sounds like you're not recommending this. If you don't like slow British crime dramas, which I know a lot of people don't, I would uh, recommend stay away from it. Um, I thought it was very well acted. Carrie Mulligan did really well. Did it recently come um, out? Or yeah, it's it... a new series that came out this year. I think it came out in February, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Okay. Um, and it's 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 definitely like a police crime drama, a little mystery. They have the military is involved. Mi six or Mi five is involved. Wow. Um, so it's a little interwoven kind of thing, and I got lost a couple of times. Uh, and things that were going on because I wasn't sure on where they were trying to go with the story. Um, but every time I saw that who uh, was kind of the basis and, and the driving force of the film, Carrie Mulligan's character because she was the detective, um, that's what really kept me going. All the other side stuff just seemed convoluted just to be convoluted. And then you eventually just see, oh, it's about different views on uh, immigration in the country is essentially what the whole arch of the story is. So, yeah, if you don't like really crime dramas and if you definitely don't uh, like uh, British shows, I wouldn't recommend watching it then. Gotcha. Something I'm not going to watch. All right. Yeah, Yeah. I was like, I was dozing off. (laughs) (laughs) Although Carrie Mulligan, solid actress. She is. Yeah. Yeah. Acting is is great. great. Yeah. So what about you, James? What have you been watching? I saw Rampage, the new uh, Brad Payton movie. He did uh, San Andreas back in 2015. Oh, sounds like that one. It's got The Rock in it. And uh, Naomi Harris and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um, it's based on the video games uh, from the, I guess, arcade era. Also, f- like Nintendo, Super Nintendo, all that good stuff. I remember enjoying playing those games back in the day. Oh, yeah, dude. I'd go around Table Masters. Pizza and they'd always have that arcade yeah. game there. And I'd spend like quarters nonstop playing that freaking game. Yeah, it's um, the movie's not that great, though. Truthfully, oh, it's, really? it's pretty... It's pretty basic. It's a it's about basically Dwayne Johnson is this guy named Davis and he's a primologist, which is I know oh, I thought it was way too. He's, he's a what? A primologist. Like he like for primates? A, yeah, for primates. Okay. He has this uh, albino gorilla that he sort of adopted in a way. In okay, I buy it. Named right. George mm-hmm. and Sounds like something Rock would have. Uh, a satellite above explodes and basically George gets starts growing bigger and bigger. And he goes on a quote-unquote rampage. <laughs> That's the title of the <laughs> movie. It, That's the movie. Well, well, they also say in the trailer that it's called Project Rampage. Oh, yeah, gosh. something like that. It also affects a wolf in the wilderness and then a crocodile in like the bayou. Basically, the company in charge is like super evil. In a, is, is, they're trying to basically <laughs> weaponize this kind of product. Right. Of That's course. why they were testing it in space, but the space station blew up. And basically, it comes down to a big kind of monster action flick where they're destroying buildings and fighting and for some reason the rock is just involved that's that's basically what happens <laughs> just looking hella ripped too. and shit you, and you just, need the rock to save the day because the girl is like his best friend because he doesn't All connect right. with people of course right <laughs> uh it's utterly ridiculous uh the it's a lot more violent than i thought it would be really for pg-13 it's almost like rated r it gets they, they put pretty, they push the bar they push the bar on this one which i liked actually because i didn't expect that they show a guy like get his head cut off at one point i'm like god damn dude fuck and um the fighting is cool it's nothing new though truthfully um that's as you guys know the video game has no story to it basically no you just go around destroying like buildings, buildings. yeah that's yeah, the whole thing you're getting points the fact they can make a movie out of it is amazing yeah i was like oh okay so if, loosely if it has based a, on the yeah game, if yes. it has any bit of plot hmm. it's already just slightly better than the game's overall story but i mean i guess they are destroying buildings and they are fighting each other, but outside of that, it's one of those creature features that you'd have to really be into that genre to really enjoy, like a Godzilla kind of movie, I guess. Right. Yeah, it's just a massive destruction, fun. Yeah, film. just like Turn your brain crazy off. shit going on. And like for that, for that instance, it, it was fine. Does it take a long time to get to that point? Do they try to do it a lot does, of exposition? Actually. Yeah, it see, that's builds up to a moment there. where that's near the end, like the last All thirty right. minutes, and it's. I don't know. The story up to it is just so ridiculous. It's like, okay, you got it, it's cheesy and corny, but it's like that on purpose, I like think. It, it tries to take itself seriously at some point. It, it tries to sound like it does, <laughs> but it's like almost like it's winking at you, like, get it? 
So like the Rock's trademark kind of smile and wink at you the whole time. It's definitely not like the Rock's. It's this is probably like the Rock's Baywatch movie this year, I guess. Yeah. Jeffrey like, D. Morgan looks at the camera and winks. You know, Jeffrey D. Morgan's actually a pretty cool character, but he's so over the top. It's it's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Have you seen Negan? Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> he takes a little bit of that, but like ten times of this one, just because he's like, "Fuck it." Yeah. <laughs> well, would you recommend it to anybody? Uh, no. Uh, okay. <laughs> right. Well, we're done with that. Yeah. Uh, you can rent it, I guess, or stream if it's it on when like it's available. Netflix. That's like a perfect like, like you said, turn off your brain, watch it on a Friday night with eat some popcorn kind of thing. Yeah. Um, get like super stoned or something. Watch it. I don't know. Like, it's not like a movie you want to. You're not running out to tell people like, dude, you gotta see Rampage. Holy yeah. shit, it's great. It's not. Um, I also saw Super Troopers two with Marco, and I want to start out by saying this: I don't think Super Troopers one is that good. By the way, I just rewatched it, and I I think it's extremely dated. I don't think it's aged well. It does. It is not aged well at all. It's a movie that came out in 2002, and it's so. It's one of those movies where the jokes are funny to a point but there's a lot of jokes that just don't hit anymore because it's just on and on and it is broken lizard's first film so in a way you can tell like they're working because they started out as a comedy troupe right and they still yeah. are a comedy troupe but i mean it's almost like just sketches a bunch of sketches with a, a small plot i haven't seen it in a long time but from what i remember i don't know i still consider it kind of funny if you rewatched it now you'd be like whoa because i thought the same thing leading up into we were watching it before we yeah. saw the sequel and man i don't know man i guess because now i've fully seen it i mm-hmm. guess and it's fresh in my mind i'm like this is not that great uh super troopers 2 on the other hand not bad i actually enjoyed it it's uh not the greatest comedy film but i appreciated it for a movie that came out what uh 16 years after the first one man these um, delayed sequels it's kind of more of the same it's an absolute ridiculous plot too uh basically the area Spoiler, they lose their jobs at the end of the first movie. Yeah. And it's revealed that in the last 16 years, they've also gone through some odd jobs, but they all are not cops anymore. But Area of Vermont is found out, uh, Area of Canada is found out to still be part of actually the United States. So they become highway troopers in a Canadian area because it's converting it's over. It's like it's a pseudo-Canadian area. It's like in transition. It it's makes no fucking sense, of, by the way. Yeah, it's completely unrealistic. So, that sounds like a hilarious plot. Oh, uh, by the way, the, it's pretty funny because the Canadian people are really funny. So yeah. suppose, quote-unquote, Canadian people. Um, they're trans, trying to transition their power over to the new uh, highway patrolman. And basically, the way that it works out is just, it's just a kind of more sketch. But there's, there's once again, an underlying plot about drug trafficking in this one. Just like the first one, it's just like the same fucking plot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's essentially like a, a clone of Super Troopers One, mm-hmm. only slightly modernized. And I use that word loosely because I there still are some jokes that seem super. Dated. It's super dated, dude. Like I I go in fifty fifty. Like half the jokes are pretty good and funny. The other half, I'm just like maybe back in like two thousand two, this would have been funny. And I think it comes to the fact that 16 years it took to to make yeah. this and they haven't made a movie since 2009 so this is like their first right. film even in this decade i think if it would have come out maybe a few five years at least max after the first one it would have been all right but yeah this I is, didn't seems like a it, perfect mid 2000 kind of film yeah now. i didn't find it too impressive and i went with low expectations as this is coming out of uh, watching Blockers and Game Night, too, like yeah. two really good comedies, and this is kind of like subpar. I, I think, truthfully, the bar was set a little bit higher for us coming into this one, too. There is a conversation between the Canadian guys about Danny DeVito that I absolutely died about. <laughs> that was pretty fucking funny. It is so funny. fucking funny. That's what I mean. There's still moments of it. That's why I think this one overall is actually better than the first movie. I was actually surprised uh, the character of Farvra actually cracked me up there's one specific scene where i almost died and you guys james yeah he's pretty he's i feel like they're just better developed in this one but it's it's about 10 years too late basically but for fans of the first one i would definitely recommend checking this one out because if you like the first one there's no reason why you wouldn't like this one uh what have you been watching marco uh i've been watching a few things quite a few things uh i'll start with the 1988 comedy big it's a tom hanks movie it's quite old i know but um, it's basically about a 13-year-old kid named Josh Baskin who makes a wish on a coin machine to be big and wakes up the following day as a 30-year-old man. And that's 
It's a that's, handsome thirty-year-old man. He wakes yeah, up that's because a, that's Tom a, Hanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wakes up as Tom Hanks. It's it's a set. That's the whole plot. Of Is the he movie thirty in, in that show? I'm assuming he's thirty. He looks really young. Yeah, I mean Tom Hanks isn't because he's he's like an adu- he's like an adult. Yeah, you know. So I, I'm assuming like 25, 30. I just yeah, I yeah. just shot thirty. He doesn't say how old he is. But an but he's an adult. Uh, it stars Tom Hanks as the character Josh, Jared Rushton as his best friend Billy, who's also the kid in Honey I Shrunk the Kids that becomes friends with the aunt with a little aunt. Oh, oh yeah. my god, yeah. yes. Yeah, uh, Elizabeth Perkins as Susan and Robert Loggia as Macmillan. So this movie is actually one of my top favorite Tom Hanks movies. I, like I know he has Saving Private Ryan and Forrest Gump, and those two movies are spectacular. But this one just holds like a spot in my heart because it's one of the first Tom Hanks movies I saw when I was a kid, and I just fell in love with it from the start. Don't get me wrong, the plot is super thin and it's not perfect, but it's entertaining as hell. Tom Hanks, I think, carries the movie pretty good, playing an immature boy stuck inside like a man's body. It, it's uncomfortably <laughs> funny in some scenes, um, on actually on many occasions. And of course, it has the infamous floor piano scene where he's like playing the piano, just yep, so at a mall, cool, by the way. Know, and the FAO shorts. Yeah. That don't exist anymore. Yeah, it's it's decently aged over the over the years, but some of the poor aspects of the script are noticeable. Um, Like I never noticed that Josh had a dad. I always just thought it was his mom and his sister. But at the beginning of the movie, where he's at the fair, where he sees the the machine where he makes a wish, his dad is there. I'm like, fuck, he had a dad. I never never knew that. I never caught that because the guy disappears the rest of the movie. It's just only his mom worried about him when he's when he's missing as a 30 year old man. He never changes his name. And I'm thinking, dude, you're a missing 13 year old kid. I'm pretty sure like there's like all points bulletin out there saying that there's a missing 13 year old kid named Josh Baskin. Yeah. (laughs) He lies like so bad on an application, on a job application, his social security number, uh, his qualifications, the school the he went to. You just kind of you just kind of roll with it. Yeah, yeah like, you just kind of go with it, but I'm just like, man, that, I mean, that, you, even the, even for the 80s, even for the late 80s, I'm like that's a little too much. You got an older woman hitting on a young child. I mean, it's if you go really start thinking about it, it gets pretty bad. He but gets it's, promoted. You just have to go. He gets it. promoted from a low-level employee to a top exec in because he understands the toys, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he, yeah. So he gets hired at a toy company while he's an adult and tries to survive. I think for six weeks because that's how long it's going to take for them to find the machine again around New York City and have him make a wish again. And it's just him dealing with adult life, uh, not knowing too much about it and not having much experience. Meanwhile, his best friend, who ironically enough is actually pretty mature for a thirteen-year-old kid, and it, it's kind of like the balance of the contrast to show that. He's an immature, grown-up adult, and it's his best friend trying to do the responsible thing and trying to get him to get back to reality. But all in all, it's a lighthearted film. It's very funny. It's very entertaining. Tom Hanks carries the entire film, and I think he does a great job. And he actually got uh, nominated for an Oscar for that he movie. He really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, as a uh, best actor. Well, this is one of his big film. breakout films, wasn't it? Like in the mainstream. I thought it was Joe yeah. and the Volcano. Really? Yeah. I was like, I don't but think so. Joe and the Volcano came out after, right? <laughs> I think it was after. He did but, a lot of strange yeah, movies in the He did a lot of comedies. Yeah, he did. Like The Burbs and shit. Mm. Yeah, he started off as a yeah. comedy actor and then he started to Which transition awesome. to serious stuff. But I, I recommend it. If you're a big Tom Hanks fan, if you like lighthearted comedy and you're not really a stickler for the plot, it's, you know, it's a pretty cool movie. And I, like I said, it's aged pretty well. Aside from that, I mentioned this uh, two pods ago about my Marvel movie marathon. And I thought mm. it appropriate, being our Infinity War review, to bring it up. I didn't get to our last pod because I just didn't have time to fit it in. But I completed Phase 2 and I have also completed Phase 3 all in time for Infinity War. A total of 18 movies, including Black Panther, which I used my movie pass on to see in theaters, and I watched it alone. <laughs> but that's totally okay, because I enjoyed it. Whoa. Overall, I don't yeah. know why. The sound. Okay. Uh, overall, phase two, I got to say, 
not bad. I, I, I enjoyed a lot of Phase 2. Even the misses like Thor, Dark World, and I guess Avengers Ultron. Age of Ultron, excuse me. Yeah. Which I didn't like the first two times I watched. First two times. Or, oh, okay, the first time I watched both of them. Sorry, I misspoke. Mm. But going back and seeing Thor The Dark World, actually not that bad. I mean, it's definitely not the best Thor movie. Thor Ragnarok is by far the superior film. But yeah. the, there's there's a lot that happens in Thor The Dark World that kind of helps set up things for Thor Ragnarok. And it's kind of good to go back and see that. And Age of Ultron, um, I went in with really low expectations. Not that bad. Yeah, You know, Hawkeye really shines in that movie, too. He's a, never noticed. He's a big deal in the film. Yeah. So so you've seen all three phases now. Rewatched them all. Well, technically not all of phase three. Right. Te- there's still yeah. a little bit left. So and up, up I, until I, yeah, I caught up War. with phase phase three, and it's definitely the the strongest of all the phases, with right. the exception of one. One wasn't that bad. I enjoyed it, and it's the first time we get to see these heroes build up into the first Avengers movie. So would you say that out of the three phases that you you know what we've seen in phase three so far? Phase three is your favorite? Yeah, you you get to see that Disney has and Marvel have refined their formula in phase three and get these characters and how to put them in their standalone movies, specifically with with Thor and Hulk, to partner them up in Thor Ragnarok and say these two guys are gonna carry the film is a smart move because the Incredible Hulk, as much as I liked it in phase one, not that strong of a movie. You also get to see yeah. the, the the changes that Disney makes with these characters to make them more lively, more relatable, where like the earlier movies have more of like a kind of ser- serious tone. And I mentioned this before, the later ones uh, have a better balance of like comedy, action, and darkness to it. It's just overall well-balanced. But going back all the way from the beginning and catching up to now, is it's an incredible experience. I, I Again, I recommend it if you have the time or if you don't have a life like me, <laughs> then... Uh, <laughs> Go ahead and do it because it was a lot of fun. It was draining at times. And yeah, I'd you know, catch myself saying, fuck, I really got to get through these next two movies. But when you're in the middle of it and, hey, if someone happens to join you along the way and between some of these movies, it's fucking awesome. I recommend it to uh, die, die Hard fans if you're going to do it. Or if you want to wait to do it for Avengers 4, which I think James is probably going to do, yeah, then you know try it out. But it's good to see the evolution of these films, especially uh, me, a guy that comes from a time when there was the Catwoman movie, the original Daredevil movie, and yeah. Batman and Robin, when all the comic book movies were just extremely shitty. To have 18 quality films, regardless of whether or not Thor 2 and Avengers Age of Ultron was shitting your opinion or not, compared to those movies, they are far superior films than what I got when I was growing up as a kid. And it's fun to be able to have like 18 back-to-back successes like this. So yeah, give it a shot if you have time. Otherwise, uh, I'll let you know when I do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah, that's all I've been watching. All right, let's go ahead and move on to our topic of the week. It's the topic of the week. So in the spirit of our Infinity Wars review, this pod, we're going to have our topic be Marvel related. And so the topic is going to be Marvel Marvel Phase 4 predictions. And we're not going to have spoilers for Infinity Wars, so don't worry. You don't have to skip past this or... If you don't want to hear us talk about these movies for the next few minutes, then go on and skip. But what we're going to do is we're going to have predictions on where the Marvel films will go after Phase 4. What are those mysterious nine movies that are scheduled between next year and 2022? So the next three films that we know for sure that are planned are Ant-Man and the Wasp in July, July 6, 2018. Captain Marvel, which comes out March 9th of next year, 2019. And, of course, Avengers 4, uh, which comes out May 3rd, 2019. Which will wrap up Phase 3, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And after that, the only Phase 4 movies that we actually have confirmation on are the next Spider-Man movie in 2019 and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in 2020. So those are the only confirmed Phase 4 titles uh, the rest will be announced after Avengers 4. 
So we have three untitled films in 2020, three untitled films in 2021, and three untitled films in 2022. So with that being said, let's start with James. What are some of your predictions of the next nine Marvel movies in Phase 4? So my predictions are, because it's like nine untitled films, so I think it's going to be like that Black Widow movie that has pretty much been almost been confirmed now. Yeah. yeah. That's like the next one, I think. Um, and then I think it's just going to be sequels, really. I think we'll get another Ant-Man. I think we'll get another Doctor Strange, another Spider-Man, another Captain Marvel, and another Black Panther. So that's six movies right there. That leaves us with three films left. Um, I think maybe Thor 4 might be a possibility. Chris Hemsworth is out of contract after Avengers 4, but I think out of anyone between the three of him, Iron Man and Captain America, I think he's the one that might come back, especially since they kind of reinvented the whole Thor character in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, he seems much more year. pleased with his character now than he has ever been. Yeah, yeah. he just yeah. seemed better. And like, even, well, yeah, it just him as a character he just seems more badass now, too. Yeah. He seemed more comfortable in the ro- role Finally. and seemed to have more fun doing the movie. Yeah, I think that too. And then for the last two films, truthfully, they have to probably at least intro one new character, right? For sure. So one of them will probably be another Avengers film, so Avengers 5. And then I want to say if it's like the final movie in that little slew for the next, what, um, four years, maybe they'll do a Fox property finally. Um, Maybe they won't jump directly into an X-Men film, but I think we talked about it before. Um, maybe they'll take over the reins of Fantastic Four and introduce a Fantastic Four and, and, and like a true Doctor Doom, and then Doctor Doom might be the bad guy for Avengers Five. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, or they could even go the Galactus route too. Although that might be a little similar to Thanos. Yeah, but the fact that they completely destroyed Galactus in the original Fantastic Four franchise, yeah, I think it it deems that character to be redone the right way. Yeah, no, but I'll, on the flip side, still, I think Doctor Doom might could be the best villain they've ever had. I think. I agree. Yeah, I think they could do they just a really never good get it Doom. right. Yeah, well, I I think that as far as new villains are concerned, I think Galactus, if they went cosmic um, overall, would be a good character. But if they really wanted to try to just have a good relatable bad guy, Doctor Doom, I That's think what would I'm be the too. one that like especially Marvel really owning the rights of Doctor Doom and being able to use them. Uh, using the Fantastic Four franchise as a whole, um, you just get like a good, good actor for it too. Man. Yeah, that'd be great. I think I think they could do well. I do think, like you were saying, James introducing new characters. Honestly, Fantastic Four um, is who I think will be a part of the the next phase. Um, God, what for right? This be awesome. Yeah, I think Fantastic Four would be <laughs> really great. I'm hoping um, with the Disney and Fox a- acquisition that. Um, I know that X-Men is trying to do the Dark Phoenix saga as their next thing. And I yeah. think... It's happening. They, it's yeah. coming out next year now. And if I, I think that if they end that in a, kind of like a cliffhanger or that Dark Phoenix is still a thing, that there might be like a, a whole Secret Wars vibe to uh, merging the universe of Marvel and X-Men um, and the Marvel MCU and X-Men and trying, trying to use the Dark Phoenix on their side. Oh, so you think and, they'll use the existing properties right, and, and put and them all to kind of together. They uh, could they get away with thing. it because they, they because could because they've, in the past. They've, right. Yeah, they've messed with time. Both universes have, have messed with time travel and the fact that they've already established multiverses in Doctor Strange mm-hmm. yeah. that they could do something where they merge universes and it causes this new universe to exist where there are mutants and like superheroes and supervillains and I think that would be pretty cool and smart because some of the members that they've casted in X-Men are are pretty they're good, pretty good. Yeah. you know they're and young all not too bad. very yeah. young so they could build a lot on you know they have time to build on their characters and even if they don't merge it they could just still explain that this all took place back in the 70s and 80s right true and like, there could be new, new like, x-men they, yeah like they've always known about these people and then maybe it's something like that i don't know but knowing disney they're probably just gonna clean the slate though yeah just like they did yeah. with star wars true <laughs> they could I th- um, 20 years of novels? No, guys. Here you go. It's it's a great opportunity for them to try to start getting all these properties in. Now that they know that the formula works yeah. and that they can – and, and they take a lot exactly. more liberties with different directors and creative styles. Like they are willing to take the chance to make – as long as everybody works within the overarching plot, 
um, to to make a story unique, then I don't see why they wouldn't take the chance to start putting in their other properties that they've slowly acquired rights to to really start building this out into like essentially a comic book uh, movie universe, like really huge thing. Yeah, a true universe that has multiple characters right. not just the ones that we've been introduced the last 10 years i i agree i agree with both of you guys i i know that for at least the new heroes that have been introduced recently they're all going to get sequels they have to there's no way that they're just going to have you know, one or two movies and that's that because we've had you know trilogies of the previous heroes in the avengers so i agree with yeah. all the sequels that james has mentioned i think those are going to be included in phase four so that we get a little bit more uh, about these characters but i do also agree that fox is their next big thing there's there's a multitude of characters that they can reach in from especially if they're losing like iron man and captain america and thor maybe yeah that's the only way to really grow it and to introduce characters or reintroduce characters that people are familiar with so fantastic four would be would be great uh they they're obviously a part of the Avengers in the in the comics, or even an Avengers X Men crossover, would, like the comic books. Uh, yeah, Avengers cross X Men. I right? think they would That'd want to build up the X Men first, though, right. in order to do sure. that. That would be cool, though. The, well, if not the the X Men, they could do a soft crossover leading into that with Wolverine, at least. So something, yeah, like kind of like a single person. Yeah, so, something very subtle where it's where it's like, by the way. Mutants are in this universe now, so we're going to get a slew of mutant movies that have the Avengers in it and all the other pre-existing MCU characters. Otherwise, they're just going to have to start reaching in the bag and start looking for more obscure characters that many people haven't heard of. Which is a bad idea. to do something a la Guardians of the Galaxy because it worked yeah. the first time. Yeah. If, if they're able to do it again, then I, I don't see why they can't introduce some of the other characters that many people aren't familiar with. Because it helps it, it honestly, at the end of the day, it helps with comic book sales on the other side. Like true. if you get an obscure character that might not be doing so well and you can try to retool him a little bit, put him on screen, it, it you can make that guy really popular and it'll sell well on television. Like I don't think that's a problem either. Yeah. But tr- truthfully, if they're looking for the next big bad, Fantastic Four has very two very good options with Galactus or Doctor Doom. And if they don't go that route, then there's also Kang the Conqueror, which also has the concept of time travel and could essentially change things to merge the universes as well, too. So they they, they have quite a few directions to go as far as the big bad, but to fill in the characters within the story, that's where we're kind of like, where we're stuck. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd like to see more of, I know, I know it's harder because it's, uh, it, Spider-Man is, is still tied in a lot with Sony. Um, but I'd like to see a little bit more, um, of them being able to get some of their villains involved. Cause, and maybe just cause I'm biased and I know a lot more about Spider-Man than I do the other Marvel characters. You want Doc Ock? But yeah, getting Doc, Doc Ock, Ock, you know, getting, um, maybe Mysterio. Green Goblin, Goblin for real. Yeah, I know Goblin. we've probably been blown out with Green Goblin, but like a, well done, Green Goblin would be cool. Yeah, I mean, and he's got like Sony just needs to let go, man. He's got yeah. he's got Mister uh, uh, Mister Black um, in there as yeah. well. Like there's there's some pretty good villains. Um, I'd say like the Spider Man villains are akin to like the Batman villain just for the Marvel universe. Like they have some pretty good art. He's got a good there. rogues gallery. Yeah. yeah. So just having somebody there for maybe some of the smaller Avenger films. Even you know, and not the big epic one like Infinity War is going to be, as as a main bad guy would be a pretty cool thing to see as well. Um, probably won't happen, but um, you know, every time I get to see Spider Man in an Avengers film, I get a little giddy. So it's just nice to see that that's they're using that character well, and I'd like to see them be able to to try to merge that in as much as possible. True, they could also just pull the Defenders out of TV and just introduce <laughs> them into movies. I was, yeah, I was gonna say that too. Like, are they ever going to? bring up the fact that there's other things hell any of their tv properties agents of shield some of those guys would be kind of cool even in like a supporting role just showing up in like a shield helicarrier and doing something a cameo like, that's cool they're yeah. actually fucking here but with the with the defenders they could actually have them in actual roles in movies and i think that would be pretty bold to kind of move them out of that it's not like disney hasn't done it before they've done it with star wars so why wouldn't they do it with some of their other properties, but but like the defenders, um, aren't they still more small scale? Like they're city based. It's about yeah. New York. Like the Avengers have Haw- always been uh, Hawkeye. Global. 
He's, well, Hawkeye's he's, always he's, been in the Avengers. He's, he's never. Through, in I know, Avengers, but so I mean, it's always been global scale as well, right? But like, I could see Ages of Shield. I could agree with because it's a part of the organization, and they could find a way to. And you know, they're kind of like, like superheroes. Like I don't expect like the Runaways to show up right. in a movie because it's pretty self-contained too, and they don't really do things like that even in the comics. But like Cloak and Dagger is coming out. Are we ever going to get mention of that? Sure. That's official canon coming up. But yep. seeing Daredevil and Spider Man, you know, doing a film in New York be dope, would be dude. great. You yeah, know? that would be a pretty cool thing to because do. Because the, the Defenders have shown that they could handle their own. They've dealt with supernatural stuff before, and they'd definitely be more toned down, though. Yeah. They wouldn't be the rated R. Versions it wouldn't be as gritty. Themselves. Exactly. I mean, they'd probably. You know, would then again, we give Punisher a gun and start shooting a bunch of uh, Katari yeah. on uh, or Katari in Avengers, and that'd be pretty cool. Because, see, they so. could do it justice and cool, still yeah. have the same level of violence as like Civil War or the Winter Soldier or yeah. you know, or some of the other Marvel movies. Thor Ragnarok was pretty violent, too. So, I mean, they could still include some of these characters, but like James said, water them down a little bit, yeah, and still make them immersive. Because where are they going to get other superheroes unless they're just going to recast, you know. These guys, when they get old or something, they, uh, they that's still a possibility. It, I mean, it's all canon right now, but they could at any point say that you know what? No, we're gonna have our own Daredevil, our own Cage, and for the cinema, yeah, they could. cinematic universe. So, oh, pull like a, a DC universe, yeah, all yeah. Of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, and then revert back and be like, sorry, this just these are separate from the uh, yeah. the, the cinematic features mm-hmm. compared to the television. But I don't think they'll do that. But I don't know, that'd be kind of cool. Uh, any closing statements? Um, honestly, I think based off of, uh, what they've done so far, like there's just the, you, it's hard to predict what they're going to do. The comics, uh, that they have are just so many characters inside there. So many villains, um, and the properties they do own, especially again, owning Fox and now getting fantastic Four, they could go any way with this. Um, but I do kind of hope that they don't go too cosmic. I, I'd like that they're, you know, earth is kind of at stake and they leave the cosmic stuff to the biggest epic, you know, kind of stakes that they have for the big movies. Um, I do hope that they kind of keep it more grounded and stick with kind of in earth. Uh, and, and that way we can at least still try to connect with these guys. Cause at a certain point, I think a lot of people start feeling like, okay, this is just way over my head. True. It could. Yeah. Yeah. True. But at the same time, it would kind of differentiate, the next few phases or at least phase four from the previous three and add some something new to it to not keep it repetitive and the same yeah but with that said i still think that fantastic four and x-men is going to be their best bet to introduce new characters and keep the avengers interesting and alive in in order to make this series or this this universe survive for the next 10 years that, that's that's the only way I see it. Plus, why wouldn't they? They but they spent all this money to buy the property. They obviously want to include it in in their in the MCU. Yeah. Uh, if anything, I know if, if it's going to be called Phase Four. I know they might not even call it Phases anymore. Right. But um, I'm looking forward to it. This has been a solid Phase Three, and we have many many more years of uh, Marvel films to look forward to. Slow it down, try guys. To do don't stuff. try to That'd don't try to rush it. You know, just yeah. at this point. You've got the good characters. You guys, they technically have way more development than the other characters. Yeah. Um, they could do really good. They just need to slow it down and let it go naturally, and I think everybody will be on board. Yep. Yeah, let's just breathe a little bit. Yeah. All right, let's move on then. Speaking of Marvel films to Avengers Infinity War. The entire time I knew him, he only ever had one goal. to wipe out half the universe. If he gets all the Infinity Stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers. Just like that. Tell me his name again. Thanos. We got one advantage. He's coming to us. We have what Thanos wants, so that's what we use. All right, so a IMDb uh, description on Avengers: Infinity War. In case you've been living under a rock for the last year, I thought or so. we were going to be talking about I the last pretty. ten years. Yeah, so it's not it's it's not I feel pretty. Okay. Just all right. Sure. Uh, the Avengers and their allies must be willing to sacrifice all in an attempt to defeat the powerful Thanos before his blitz of devastation and ruin puts an end to the universe. Uh, 
Uh, this is directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. They directed the last two Captain America films. Um, it's starring a ton of people. I can go over a few of them if you don't know them. It's Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk, and Chris Evans as Captain America. And there's about 40 more people after that, too. Wait, Chris Evans is in this <laughs> check out, huge check out IMDb. Yeah, check out IMDb.com. I'm not trying to list it off here. Or for just you guys. look at the poster. Yeah, basically. It's a. It's one of of the biggest crossover events I've ever, and the most A-list actors in one film also. Yeah, it's historic, man. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, So, Marco, did you, uh, quick yay or nay on these ones first, guys, if you liked it or not. Uh, Yay. Uh, I I loved it. Um, I thought it was great. Not perfect, but it was great. I think they did a great job at compartmentalizing all the heroes to give them time to shine. Uh, the dynamics between the characters and the banter between a few was pretty good. Uh, Thanos, uh, as a villain, worked well. I thought he was great, better yeah. than what I expected. And I feel, not think, but I feel like he carried the film for the most part. Uh, there was great chemistry between many of the characters, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, Star-Lord. All those guys just kind of like going back and forth. It's kind of cool to see some of these characters that have never been in films together yeah, that's act, cool. Act as if it's it comes natural and it it flowed seamlessly, which I really appreciated. Not that I expected anything less from the House of Ideas, but it it still felt like reassuring and great to to kind of see that. Um, Thor and the Guardians was great. Any scene with Thanos again was fucking awesome. Yeah, so nice. That, that's uh, what I feel it worked. What about you, Nabil? Um, I mean, hell yes to the film. Um, I think it's definitely a satisfying. Uh, build up to all the the last phases, three phases that uh, apparently Marco has seen all of now uh, again recently. And it's ten fucking years in the <laughs> making, a lot guys. Of, a lot of movies, a lot of investment. I mean, I remember when James and I went to go see the first phase of building up to Avengers at the theater back to oh, back man. to back. Like that was a big deal, just seeing Avengers. And this is such. This is just so much uh, more epic than that. I was. remember when we went to go see Iron Man too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great Jeez. what they did with it. I think um, they did a good job with what I really liked is how they paired the characters. Because um, when you go and watch it, you're like, oh, you know, some people make sense. It should be together. And then you see a couple that you didn't think would work well. Uh, and you're like, and, you know, we can talk about it in the spoilers afterwards. But um, you just kind of look at it and you're like, actually, yeah, that does work really well. And they are pretty funny together or they do work well off of each other. So they did a good job knowing their characters and knowing where who should be with where and how serious this person is and how funny these people are going to mm-hmm. be. Um, so that really helped a lot. Uh, Thanos was really uh, was a great character. I think they did because of the time they had to spend to kind of still develop his character because he was more of a shadow in the other films. Um, it did help. I didn't personally get all like I kind of got where he was coming from and his motivation. So I don't I see where he was doing and why he was trying to do it. Um, I feel like there could have been a little bit more development on some things that we could talk about later. Um, but he w- he was definitely a satisfying villain in this yeah. film. Yeah, I think I nerded out because they they took his motivations pretty much directly from the comics. Yeah, so for the most part, I think it's it's pretty on point. Um, and also, uh, their use of Spider Man in this film was super epic. Even James like looked over at me when when there was a scene that was happening uh, with Spider Man, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is really happening right now!" Yeah, <laughs> like, I was so, like, "Damn, okay." Yeah. So right. what what worked for you, James? Um, or did you like it? Yeah, no, I liked it. I liked it a lot. It's a great movie for the buildup that brought it up to it. It's not perfect by far. Like I, I told you, I don't think it even hits my top five Marvel films. Right. But I really enjoyed the story of this one. And it was nice just to kind of take a step back and just see them all together. A lot of the heroes, like you said, Iron Man with the Guardians. And I think for me, though, maybe the Captain America side of arc of it was the weakest out of all three. I agree with that. Because yeah. there's technically three arcs in a way, yeah. and it becomes two near the end. But, I mean, that was definitely the weakest for me, and I, that's where I think the film is lacking because that's where I felt where it was just like, here's a bunch of people, and mm-hmm. let's just fight. And it's like, fuck, you Which know? is not where I thought it was going to be the weakest No, part, me either. I thought that would be the coolest part because yeah. the trailers that they They really built on that, they yeah. Really, they really yeah. mess us around. Um, I think Thor and... Iron Man's parts were really, really well done with yeah. their group of people, especially interactions between Doctor Strange and Iron Man were pretty cool to see. Because you keep forgetting after you see so many of these films that a lot of these guys still haven't met each other. And right. 
uh, the fact that the Hulk's been Ex- gone for exactly. three and years. And, he doesn't, see, and they do it so he well know. to bring them together. Yeah. yeah, it does really well with those kind of plot points in the movie. It still feels like I, I'm hoping Avengers 4 fulfills a couple more loose ends yeah. on it, obviously, because I've told you guys even before this that I think the weakest character in this movie is Captain America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he... He has like three lines of dialogue. I swear to God, like I don't think he talks at all in this movie. And, and I'll, I'll I'll tell you in spoilers what what I think. But yeah, I I agree with some of those points. Yeah, I think him. for for me, what what didn't work at times was uh, the uh, the pacing. At times, I felt like certain scenes or uh, certain parts of the movie were taking a little too long. There were times where they were focusing on on Thor at some point. I'm like, all right, this is kind of taking like forever. Like, I think I know what you're talking up. about, yeah. <laughs> um, some sequences were, so yeah, some sequences were too long. They, they could have sped it up a little bit. I mean, the, the movie is like two hours and 40 minutes long. And I feel like some of that time probably wasn't used as wisely. Really? Because I felt like they could have fit in just a little bit more. Like, like I said, we could have had a little bit more Captain America like, yeah, that no, would've, that I mean, would have helped too. Like, I didn't really. Yeah. I guess I was too shocked to really notice it to see. Like, you won't notice it until you think about the movie. Yeah, afterwards. The, the, the movie hits you really hard. Like, you're you're just thrown in it in a good way, and you're just in awe at what's going on because all these characters are in this movie, and it's what we've been waiting for 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 ten years. But that aside, another thing that didn't work was Thanos's henchmen or the the, the, yeah, the things yeah. that he uses to, to invade. I was just like the, the Chitari were, were more yeah the Chitari were more interesting in Avengers one. In, in I think they opinion. were trying to make a bigger deal out of the children of Thanos, but we learned so little about them that it doesn't quite matter. No, Be true because they're just kind of like his lieutenants in mm, a way. If you're not like a like a huge fan of the comics or anything, you probably wouldn't know who the fuck they are. No, they're not like, even from the people? Infinity Gauntlet or Infinity War. No, uh, they're they're from arms. the newer Infinity uh, event that happened five years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, those are just some some small things because again, it's not it's not perfect. But I think overall, as a movie as as a whole, and from what I've been waiting for the past decade, and the kid in me like really appreciated this because of how again how historic it is because it's the first time that these many these characters as many of these characters have been in a single freaking movie and i just like i appreciated that because it's never been done before like no movie franchise has ever done this before and that's a big deal to me and i think that the past 10 years we've been oversaturated with comic book movies and the buildup to this in some cases it may not have felt like the the payoff it was supposed to be but mm-hmm. for me for me personally it it was because we finally got to it and it was just a huge deal it's only something that we've ever seen on paper and never on film before yeah that's true um I want to jump to spoilers because obviously the spoiler section here we can talk about a lot of more things here um, before we go, though, um, would, obviously you guys would recommend this one to oh, fans definitely. of all the Marvel films, so I don't think there's any real question on who would we recommend it to. I think you definitely should see some key films in the Marvel franchise beforehand. Yeah. Um, I would not go into this one blind. They do very little um, explanation of anyone. Like you, They kind of expect you to know. Like Marco said, this is part of the whole payoff of watching all those films. True. I would say that another critique about it is the fact that if you haven't seen the majority of the films, as James has said, then this movie is probably going to feel a little different to you because it is kind of it is like an homage to the fans for sticking around for the last 10 years and watching these movies back to back to back. So watch as many of them as you can do. At least watch all, all the Captain America and Avenger movies. At least do that. Because that that's definitely gonna gonna help you out, and maybe one of the Guardians movies. Yeah, I think IGN came out with a list of eight a, very films good, to watch. very good little thing IGN did with telling you the timeline as well. Oh, there we um, go. So it'll it'll kind of keep you more on top of what's happening. At least to get caught up if you can't invest the time that you need. Yeah, there's like eight movies to watch beforehand that are pretty essential to figure it out. Yeah. Either so. way, go see this fucking movie. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a uh, solid film. If you enjoy the Marvel films beforehand, you'll like it. If you don't like Marvel films, then no, you're not gonna. This is not gonna change your um, your outlook on it. So. Again, there's a reason why I Feel Pretty came out at the same time. You know, for the pivoting. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in case you guys want to see this too. Yeah. All right, guys, let's uh, move on to our spoiler section then. 
All right, guys, so I just want to start off. What to you in the film was one of the most shocking moments that happened? Um, to you, just the one. Yeah, so the, the, the most shocking thing that um, I thought happened was, uh, I mean, and it, probably everybody felt that way, it's just the very end where people just started to get disintegrated. Like, they just started disappearing. And who disappeared? And obviously, we can talk into detail about, yeah. you know, things that might happen. We're spoilers now. Right, but um, definitely the fact that just people were just disappearing. And, mm-hmm. and there was one part specifically um, that was shocking where they show, um, and I can't remember her name, one of uh, uh, Black Panther's lieutenants, the main lady, um, looked like she was going to disintegrate, but instead they flipped it on you and it's Black Panther that went away. I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. didn't see yeah. that coming either. Yeah. Um, so that those, that was kind of the more shocking thing for me. Nice. Marco? The balls to have Thanos win. So, same. Yeah. The fact that I thought, well, maybe he's going to win halfway through and then they're going to come back at the end. But no, he fucking won. And I'm glad that they ended it that way. Yeah, it's kind of like an Empire Strikes Back kind of moment. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I always expected that to happen. So that wasn't shocking to me. Like, I, even though they said this Avengers 4 is a diff, quote unquote different film, mm-hmm. I always assumed it was going to be like part two of um, Finn sure. War. So I always thought it was going to end with them like dying and then them like being like, what the fuck? It, happened? it basically is Infinity Wars 2. Like, I don't know why they just didn't keep I it the way it was either, because that's, I mean, when I left the movie, I was like, so. Infinity Wars Part 2? Yeah, basically. Come on. So I was like, the fuck is this? Um, For me, it was the reveal of Red Skull. I actually gasped that loud. That was a pretty big shocking thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I always knew. I, what did the Tesseract do to him? This is a much more humble uh, Red Skull we're seeing now. Mm-hmm. Also a different actor because Hugo Weaving's an asshole. So, <laughs> he doesn't want to do Marvel films. He's idiot. He doesn't want to do anything. He bitched about Transformers, too. Yeah. That was cool. Kind of like a, because I was always thinking, man, Red Skull's a really good villain. Yeah. Especially and it was Captain just kind America. of a throwaway at the end. And he's yeah. been there for years. Damn. He's been there for decades, guarding decades. Soulstone. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely been, he's definitely different now. So that was cool. I like that they tied that back in and um, cool little throwback to that. Because I would always wondered, I'm like, man, it sucks. Like, because technically Hugo Weaving was signed on for like a couple movies. Yeah, but he didn't want to do it anymore. Well, yeah. he said no one would probably force him. But they never approached him, apparently, because they never knew how to deal with the Red Skull, like mm-hmm. how to bring him back. But it makes sense. Talking about people disintegrating here, we if anyone's ever read a comic book or watched you know, Justice League, we all know superheroes don't stay dead. So no. No. I wouldn't panic about that. But one thing I wanted to bring up was, do you guys think that Loki and Gamora are actually dead? I think they actually are dead. I think they are, too. So, I think Loki may actually be dead, but I don't think Gamora is dead. Really? I think that um, the ending of the film where they show uh, Thanos walking with, with young Gamora is is kind of a tell, tell sign to me that there's more to her character that's going to happen, at least in the next film. You know um, what? Yeah, because... It's a possibility. Yeah. She, uh, Zoe Saldana did come out and say, we got to come back for the next yeah. one. Since she said we, so... Unless they're going to do a flashback. I think it's just flashbacks. It though. might be. I, I will tell you that... Also, that everybody was, on these movies are very cryptic. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. not yeah. fucked to trust anymore. I will say that that was actually the, the weakest thing for me. Was it, and that's because and that's coming from watching the Guardians films, right? So Gamora has always been kind of built up as they're trying to make her as a love interest um, to uh, Star Lord, right? Yeah. Chris Pat's character, and you know the second film they did pretty well to kind of start forcing that even more on us. She's just like one of those chicks that just kind of is holding back a lot, right? And I feel like finally this is the movie that because she's faced with death, she finally kind of opens up to him. But and the thing is, her, is that quote unquote dad that relationship, yeah. like you never really like Thanos talks about it. In uh, in the second, uh, is it the second Guardians? The first Guardians film, I think it is. But it, and I don't know when she kind of just got thrown off the building. Like, I knew that Thanos was sad and I knew Gamora was sad or whatever, but I was just like, okay. I, you, you know, and see, it just kind of moved for on. Me, from that me. worked for me, man. Yeah, right? I, I that was it. the best part of the movie was the understanding the relationship aspect between Gamora and Thanos, because that's truthfully the only thing we, the new thing we learned in this movie. All right. Um, I think it's because she finally learned, figures out, like, oh, he actually does love her. Like, right. Yeah. And it's strange because she thought throughout her entire life that this guy hated her and he kept her in out of spite. But it's actually because he does have feelings. That shocking moment where yeah. she realized it, too. It, and it's it's sort of like an exhilarating but frightening sensation that, oh, this guy uh, loves me. But that also means he's about to fucking throw me over he's the edge right now. Yeah. yeah. So I that worked for me, too. I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I bought it. Right. I yeah, I mean, I was sold on it, obviously, but I just, I don't know. I felt like it wasn't as powerful as they were really trying to make it be. Um, but that might have just been lost on me. 
I, I think as much as I was shocked by the disappearing of many superheroes, and even in the post credit scene when Nick Fury and um, Agent Hill, Agent Hill disappear, it, in my mind I was just like, but they're gonna come back. So it's like a shock factor. But then that's it's why like I was like, away. Mm-hmm. the fact the that we only... know Spider Man Two is coming out, Guardians Three. Yeah, I'm like, uh, this is people that are freaking out over it. I'm like. You they're guys coming just back. must not yeah. look into things too yeah much. i think if they would have done it with more characters that you're not sure of like like the the people that thanos killed with his hands like loki and that's why Heimdall, i say that yeah and gamora i'm like man they're like, they're probably fucking dead they gave him that sure i dead yeah which sucks because he's mm-hmm. a cool character yeah and the, vision vision might be dead too truthfully he might be but then again um his uh black panther's little sister there did look like she took something from the memory for with her so maybe she has them digitally or something with her oh nice i didn't mm-hmm. even realize that but you know what though even with the deaths i have to say the the tearjerker was spider-man coming up to tony stark oh, and man, like dude. it's a, he's his a kid, mentor yeah, yeah and his father and he's like i don't want to die i was like right here oh it's killing me right here so it's it was a uh, pretty rough. Yeah, that's a pretty rough scene too. Because Peter's the, the like kid out of yeah. everyone. Yeah, I had to one. fight. You got to remember you know, some tears. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm a grown ass man. I almost cried at a comic book movie. Go ahead, talk shit. I don't care. And None of us are shocked. We're like, <laughs> it sounds about right. And tell me I was why. Like, man, it's getting dusty in here. On a lighter note too, like. I felt Thor was like the ultimate badass. Bro, in he is so fucking like, cool in this movie. Fi- at first, I didn't know he's fifteen hundred years old. I was like, dang. And then they started yeah. listing all the people that he he's lost. I was like, he's like lost Dude, everybody. Everyone from um from fucking, the first uh, film, essentially, from basically the Thor franchise is yeah, dead. They're all gone. <laughs> and then when he was inside the 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 line of sight of the dying star, I was like. Dang, he's like yoking this out and is trying to do all this. And, and then he I actually said, kills Thanos. I'm yeah, like, and, go, and going back to him losing everybody, remember what they said at the end of Ragnarok that... He's like, you're the last hope. Yeah, yeah everyone... people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Asgard is the people. Yeah, but he loves everyone Asgard, died. Yeah. I know. So Asgard is dead. I think Lady Sif is still alive. Well, Valkyrie is still alive, right? Because they well, said so. half the people were dead. So Something not like necessarily that. all okay. of them are There's gone. some people that are still alive. They just didn't but show man, us all he, Yeah, they're damn near massacred. But yes, but, Thor... Like, he was the baddest in the film. Let's be real. Thor restarted. Dude, when he showed up, our theater started clapping. Yeah. Same, this dude. This is we fucking intense, bro. But him, he's wearing his fucking old suit again. Right. I was yeah. like, yes. But prior to that, restarting that machine with a with a with a dead star or yeah. whatever, that was fucking epic. That was too. I will say though, those scenes were the slowdowns for me though. That's, yeah, really when yeah. it gets to that, that was a bit like, okay, let's get to the fucking point. Because it, it's like, Agreed. man, we got to start it up. And then we switch back to Captain America. I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, can we just fin- finish that out? Finish with yes. Thor, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like the sequence, but it dragged on too long. And that's what I was mentioning earlier. Yeah. Where, yeah. Dude, we could have shortened this no, up. No, I thought, I, I thought too. I said, I bet he's talking about the Thor sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we couldn't like spend more time on Captain America. Because thinking about it more, at first I didn't really see it, James. But thinking about it more and more... The, the dude, last if day, you think about it, they don't I was do, like, wow. they don't that do whole much. team yeah. says about three things and then they're like and we'll just go to wakanda now the trailer made it look the trailer made it look like captain america was going to be kind of a slightly bigger when deal. he's gripping like uh, thanos's gauntlet i yeah. was like this must be his one-on-one fight mm-hmm. no at, not really at the same time i'm glad they subverted that expectation and it was actually thor who ends up fucking driving that axe into well, and thanos they, and they centralized he is the most powerful one yeah, out of all of for them. sure and, and he's fought gods before and they centralized the plot more with iron man which i actually liked a lot as i as i was thinking about it afterwards because he had some such a big connection from Avengers and yeah. all his stories there on forth was just about him dealing with you know there's cosmic issues and that he's stressing and he feels more tied to the universe and he's got PTSD yep. and then you seeing this and like the weight of the world is on his shoulders and it's even more so now and then with Peter dying that obviously didn't In help his arms. yeah but so that's why I'm saying I think between them all like Iron Man had a really good arc yeah Thor had a good arc but Captain America Captain was, America was like, lacking Ugh. for sure and I think they did that on purpose because he's gonna be the bigger role in Thor yeah that's what I'm Probably, assuming yeah. too because he's he's one of the few that are, are still remaining they, alive at the end so. yeah especially because he saw like all those people die around him and you could see in his face hit Bucky died in front of him everyone else died in front of him and that's going to affect them right. big time. But you notice that, with the exception of the Fury at the end, um, all the Phase 1 characters are still alive. still alive, yeah. yeah. All the yeah. Phase 1s are still alive, mm-hmm. yep. which is kind of cool. Yeah. It's going to so go back to the originals, yeah. going back and facing Thanos. Mm-hmm. So just I'm, I'm saying like- it right now, prediction... Captain America is going to go toe-to-toe with Thanos and just freaking take one for the team. He's going to get his shield back, too. Yeah. They yeah. have to have some scenes with Tony and, and him, too. Mm-hmm. It's got to happen. 
Um, like a forgiveness, like a okay. sorry about that shit. Bro. Yeah, and they're both for the first time gonna see eye to eye on something. Mm-hmm. Like Tony's gonna say something and expect Cap to like go against him. Cap's gonna be like, "Let's do it." Good stuff though. So it should be happening. Last thing here with Ant Man and the Wasp coming out in what three months? Yeah. So that's got to take place before the events, right? Oh yeah, that's a prequel for sure. Th- like at least a few weeks before. Which I, I question the why before. they would reveal it. Then after Avengers, why didn't it come out before? But I have a feeling it might end with either the Wasp or Ant-Man disappearing. I think it, it'll have show you what Hawkeye's doing as well. I think they're going to get Hawkeye involved in that film. You think so? Uh, yeah. I think in some way he'll be like their shield contact or something like that. There probably will be at it. least a cameo yeah. of someone in there. And right? that kind of is how they're going to tie what those characters have been doing before the events. Um, and why they weren't called in or they didn't decide to and show up. And speaking of lightheartedness, yeah. they probably need something after the events of this last film. Yeah. To be like, hey, look, something kind of funny again, you know, a little more. Yeah, <laughs> a little we're going to have a little fun here. Da, 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 yeah. Remember Paul Rudd, your friend Paul Rudd? <laughs> He's a funny guy. Yeah. He's I, Ant-Man. I do agree. It's probably going to end with what happened in Infinity War. One of them is probably going to disappear. Then maybe Hawkeye shows up at the end and be like, let's go. we got to help our friends. Yeah. Because if everyone from the Avengers 1 is still alive, that means, in a way, if we were predicting that, that means Hawkeye would still be alive too. All right. And he's going to know they need his help. And mm-hmm. I think that's why he also has a bigger role probably in Avengers 4. Or they tap it with the ending uh, with like Captain America or Iron Man or somebody like reaching out to Hawkeye and um, or Ant-Man. Ant-Man because yeah. Ant-Man can do where he can go uh, at uh, molecular level. Subatomic, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Which might help them out somehow. Right. I don't know. Yeah, because Hank Pym said time doesn't exist there mm-hmm. or anything so, so that might could, directly that'd be crazy ant-man's the savior of the fucking universe it wouldn't be a surprise he's a big deal in the comics that would be ironic because he, the smallest thing is what saves such a huge event oh, that would be, we just make a multi-million dollar tagline right now <laughs> right there man <laughs> boom we coined it movie pals yes Hashtag movie pal. <laughs> All right, guys. So that is our review of Avengers Infinity War. That was a solid Marvel film. We all liked it. We enjoyed it. Uh, Marvel fans, take a look. Um, and that's the end of the pod. Once again, guys, thanks for listening here. Thanks uh, for the feedback and uh, response and reviews. Uh, Marco, how can they reach us? You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash moviepalspod or tweet at us at moviepalspod. We appreciate you guys. Keep listening to us, retweeting us, sharing our posts. And, of course, please keep recommending movies or TV shows to us. Because speaking of uh, movies recommended, we will be doing another listener recommendation film for our next review. So keep a lookout for pod number 23, which would then probably be followed by a Deadpool or a Solo. So it's going to be a pretty epic May month, actually, now that I think about it. Pretty busy summer. Yep. So until next time, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. Have a good one.